Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Tina Gordon's new comedy, Little. The film tells the story of tech mogul Jordan Sanders, who awakens one morning in her 13-year-old body. With only her long-suffering assistant in on the secret and a do-or-die presentation on the line, Jordan must find a way to navigate through her new situation and learn how her ruthless approach to life affects the people around her. In addition to Little, Ms. Gordon's other directorial credit is the feature film, Peoples. Following a recent screening of the film at the Harmony Gold Theater in Los Angeles, Ms. Gordon spoke with director Tina Mabry about filming Little. During their conversation, Ms. Gordon discusses her journey to directing the film, working with the film's star and executive producer, Marseille Martin, and how she orchestrated the film's climax, which revolves around a tricky dance sequence. Thank you guys so much for coming out tonight uh, to really have an experience to really watch this beautiful film that Tina has so gratefully co-written and directed. Um, and a film that has really been something I've been seeing around town. Yes, and every time I see that billboard, I see this stuff, I get happy. The big afro <laughs> and the tiny pink pants. That girl, <laughs> I'm Marseille doing it. Yes. So, you know, but I just kind of wanted to kind of talk through a little bit about kind of like your experience with the film. And then also just too looking at it as a director in general. And so Little's your sophomore film. Yes. <laughs> it took a long time to make the second film. I was like, anybody? Yeah. Anybody? I know, right? Yeah. And so the first one was you got Peoples in 2013 I with did. Craig Robinson and Kerry Washington. Yes. So with waiting. Nobody saw it. So then I didn't I did. work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you had that particular thing kind of going on. But we find that, you know, statistically that women of color and just people of color and women in general, making the second film is harder than making the first. Mm -hmm. So how was your experience kind of on that? And how did you get the opportunity to direct that second I feature? I feel like um, with that, like the threshold for success, box office success, is is so high in general. Yeah. And then for women, like there weren't any black women directing comedy. I think that was like mm. the, f I mean, at all. And so then I think the pressure for like you having to overperform yeah. is there. And then you, I didn't. So the second chance, I saw like, other people get second chances and I was like watching those second chances <laughs> pass by and <clears throat> that didn't happen yeah. and so Will Packer was like on some island where rich people vacation over Christmas and he was like you know what I happened to watch was people and it was so funny I was like that was like six years later Will thank you yeah. and and but that's how I came on as the writer first for Little exactly. And then I kind of worked on some of the math of the script because they were just like not quite getting to the green light yet. And then um, I met Marseille Martin, who was just so amazing with, before the script, it had a, she had a lot of uh, scenes with kids. Mm. But once I met her, I realized her sweet spot would be in adult buddy scenes with Issa Rae. Mm. Like to me, that's 
you know, she's like grown in like old soul. Exactly. And they have a good chemistry. They ended up having amazing chemistry, just two different comedic rhythms almost mm-hmm. that that makes a great chemistry. And so um, once we were, the studio was on board to make it, uh, Will then asked me to direct. So he asked as a writer first and then the director. Okay, great. And so, like, as a director, like, how much do you think that that informed, after you had written the script, mm-hmm. what would transform, what would not, from the director's point of view? I feel like um, I'm a writer first. Like, I'm not a director first. Yeah. And I spent some time with writer-turned-directors, mm-hmm. and, I, and I spent time with uh, a professor at USC, Bruce Block, who worked with yeah. Nancy, yeah, he worked with Nancy Myers and yeah. just other writer-directors, mm-hmm. and just trying to sort of begin to pull the movie that I visualized as I was writing it out of my head and to put it into the material world for other departments and just working on my language of like bringing it out of my my head where's the camera in your head when you're writing it and looking and just you know he helped me pull all these elements out and sort of just start thinking about how to bring that process that's which is different if you're if you're just directing versus sitting there with the blank page writing Yes. You know what I mean? Because as a writer, you, you are directing that little movie in your mind. You know what I mean? And yeah, then, exactly. so that's kind of how, how Bruce approached it with me. Okay. And kind of speaking about Marseille, um, Martin, she's 14 years old mm. and an executive producer on the project. Yes, boss lady. Yes. Uh, she's definitely going to have like an EGOT. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how was that kind of working with Marseille, you know, and of course, you know, you were talking about her maturity level, yes. and, you know, having that old spirit and really bringing that. But how were you able to see her and what was her kind of capacity as well, she, being an AP <clears throat> and for you being a she's, director? First of all, just beautifully raised girl. Yes. And her parents are incredible. And so I was nervous. I don't have kids. So I was like, what is this meeting going to be like with this child? I don't <laughs> even know what is going to happen. And, um, she was just so composed, so smart, so curious about the writing process, the directing process, and wanted to be involved in understanding the whole evolution of making a movie. So Will, myself, we all included her as much as, her, as she wanted. And then learned from her um, because she has her finger on the pulse of her generation. So we mm-hmm. talked about the bullying issues in the movie. And I just wanted to have conversations with her to empower her and make sure that she understood that she was bringing what she knew she should bring to the table. And so she always felt comfortable having those kind of conversations. Then she was always interested in who Trevor would be. I was always like, Marseille, you don't need to know who Trevor's going to be. It's, you're, you know, she's like, who, who are you looking at for Trevor? She's like, I got to know who I'm looking so, at. Like, she's happy when it was Luke. She was like, oh, Luke James, that's fine. Okay. He, see, that's the beautiful having an EP who is giving you a good approval. Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, kind of like kind of speaking more to that, I mean, definitely with the casting of Marseille and her being definitely hands-on and being able to look at it from a capacity, how did it go with casting the other kids who were also the bullied kids? In right. The movie? That, I think, may have been nerve-wracking for her because... We had, that's when things like budget 
flying kids out to Atlanta? Um, who can we afford to really cast in this movie? Um, that's just the, the grown folk headaches of everything, right? And so I did the casting here. Um, I could basically afford like one person from here and then I had to do local casting in Atlanta. And so that was, you know, teens are even more specific about their peer group. So, you know, I was, it was, it was like, I had to just be like, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be, you're gonna love all the Atlanta actors in this movie. And eventually they became friends. And their, I think their chemistry ended up showing out. I, you know, luckily they started bonding and hanging out. And cause the, the, the teens in LA, they, the teen actors, that they are their own friends. They they have a familiarity, but we kind of grew up in the Disney exactly. world too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she did know JD. So that was great. Okay, yeah. she did. Okay. Yeah. So J. So she knew JD. So. And so I mean, uh, how was it coordinate that final dance? And I mean, and he's a beautiful singer. Ooh, <laughs> that was definitely a case of, I wrote that scene, Tina, and I was just like. If, if there was another writer to blame, I would have been like, God, what writer wrote this was like the dumbest idea. It's like you have 300 kids in the audience. Everybody's going to pumpkin out in like seven hours, you know, and Sean Bankhead, who does amazing choreography for like Missy Elliott and like all these incredible videos, he did our dance choreography, but it was a lot to pull off, you know, and so... And then kids have, like, f like they're nervous about performing in front of their peers, like acting, sure, but they're not dancers. And so um, it, was, it was a long, arduous, but it was fun. But how did you make them comfortable? Did you get up there and start I uh, had popping to dance. too? Okay. Yes, <laughs> I had to dance. The same with the ball that hits Marseille. I just, I just had to take one for the team. <laughs> even the adults made me dance. So like the Four Seasons, Marseille loved dancing, but Issa would be like, well, could you show me? And I knew it was just like, oh, dang, it. And so it Issa was- Issa putting you on the spot. Issa put me on the spot because she's not a fan of dancing. And so I was like, I just would swallow hard and be like, it's easy. Yes, I'm happy to do it. But I'd be like, ah. But that's what happened, yeah. I how long did it. it take you to learn how to do? I don't even know what the hell that oh, dance was called. Oh, those and, and hyping and everything. Um, I don't know if I ever learned to do it, but I did stand up there to to make a fool out of myself. And you know, once <laughs> I take the hit, then all the kids can laugh, and then yeah. we can shoot. And so that I mean, I think that's really something that's really important of being able to know as a director of how to have your vulnerability yes. out there in order to really work with actors yes. who are extremely vulnerable and yeah. it's a scary moment. Yes. And for you to kind of put yourself out there. I didn't realize, for example, the scene where Marseille has to hug Luke. Mm. Really, I trimmed back the scene, but she's like nuzzled in his neck in the full scene. I had to cut it back a little bit so people didn't get like creeped out. Mm -hmm. And... And she was having difficulty doing it. And then and then I said, I think it's easy. Just put your just put your nose like right here on his neck. And then, so just and sniff then, him. And then Luke goes, Well, you do it. You show her. And then I was like, This is hard. Like this is like your you know. So it was interesting when you say being vulnerable and just going ahead and just you know, putting yourself in those situations to take the sting off, but it was hard. 
And I mean, do you find that, you know, definitely with that, it does provide a camaraderie with it. It did. But does that help you, too, in the sense of keeping your days entertaining, keeping it light, keeping it, what does that provide for you as a director? For sure, keeping that sense of play. Um, Even if you're stressed, even if you're like looking at the clock and, you know, working with minors, there's tons of breaks, not much time, but you have to sort of keep it fun and uh, have that sense of play and joking around. A, because it's good for business, like the jokes are better. People are looser. And you can get better material. So for me, it's it's always um, no matter how stressed I am, I will just cut that off and and air more to the side of like light. Yeah. And so I mean, within the I mean, there's so much that you guys, you and Tracy wrote that's hilarious. Yes. I mean, uh, were there any Thank parts you. as far as where it was like? Let's ad lib a little bit on this scene or where it kind of came to life in a different way. Oh, for sure with Regina Hall, her process is very, um, she likes to improv the first Mm -hmm. scene and she likes it to be a surprise, even Mm -hmm. for me. So I got, at first I was like, I don't want a surprise. And then she was like, (laughs) okay, okay, then I'll just run through it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's just run through it and see exactly what the surprises are. But the way she would do it would be such low energy. At first, I was like, I thought Regina Hall was funny. This is going to be a disaster. (laughs) Because she was just like, I'm going to do this, and then she'll talk to another actor here and be like, I'm going to come around here. And And I was like, okay. So the improv that I feel like really was like early in our shooting was that apple. When she licks the apple. So I saw her talking to the actor, mm-hmm. Mark, and I knew this was going to be her first take surprise. I had gotten used to the first take surprises. Like, she's like a racehorse comedically. She's just got to, like, get it out, and, and she wants it to be a surprise. That's fine with me. I saw her talk, and I, it was scripted that there was an apple that he's eating. And she says, oh, 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 I see Scott's eating an apple. And it just scene just goes on. Oh, yeah. Because she really but makes that she, apple. <laughs> she picked up the apple. And, and I was like, oh, okay, she's going to take the apple. And then she, she licked all around, as you see, like her tongue is like out. And I was like, so she hands it back to the actor. And I'm like, oh, they must have worked out the part that she didn't <laughs> lick back to him. Because I'm like, what the? F-? And then he looks totally grossed out. Like, like it's what you see. Yeah. And, and. And then later, I was like, so I go up to the actor and I go, so Regina, which wit? That's great. We're gonna use it. That's so funny, guys. That's awesome. That's what I'm saying. But I'm like, so, but what part of the apple did you not lick? Because I couldn't tell. I think she got it all. And, so, and he goes, oh no, she licked the whole thing. And I was like, you ate it. You ate it. But you know, he did happily ate that apple. Hey, that's dedication. That is dedication. Because I was like, oh my god, thank you. It's funny, but I'm dying. And so, I mean, I really like the relationships um, that you guys have on screen. But I think, too, it's also what's happening behind the scenes. How does that inform the product that is put out? And, you know, you have the luxury to have a lot of women of color who were in above-the-line positions, below-the-line positions, which, you know, I told you I hate that term. Right, me too. (laughs) Me too. I hope it, like, goes away. I don't know how to... 
like yeah. make it not used as much. Yeah, it's like you're, you yeah. know, you said like a PA is just as important as a Absolutely. director. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I wish more directors had that mentality. Yes. Oh my really God. Do. Yes. And so with that, um, as far as like, how did you kind of, how did that change the film for you? Of, and what is the difference you feel like yeah. from the other projects that you've done to be able to work with so many people of color? Like, I feel like everybody, that is just the benefit of, cat of of crewing up with people that you're bringing on to do like their brand of magic because Marseille um, had started this sort of black girl magic idea yeah. because of her courage and just you know gumption mm -hmm. that made Regina and Issa step in and say okay we're gonna we're gonna roll with you on this that made me then I look to people like the, you know, the costume designers, the production, uh, the art on the wall, the wardrobe. And we all, the idea was that go free. Like, do stuff that you just want to do for the culture, for your attitude. Like, do you. Mm -hmm. So the first instinct was to just have people, I'll leave it there, people just sort of just like, especially the women, just like bring like no restrictions. Let me just see what you would be bringing from wardrobe to, I would find artists that were like on the internet, just like black women doing their thing, fan art. I found this like artist that did the art for the movie, uh, all of Jordan's self-portraits. Or is this like a sister I found on the internet? She did some fan art of Issa. And then uh, the production designer called her and she did like commission, we commissioned art for her and just everything. So everybody just, it was just like curating and finding courageous women out there that were, you know, creating a space for themselves. And so it, it created an atmosphere on set where we were kind of like bringing our, our special. And so, because I know, like, your casting director, Kim Coleman. Yes. <laughs> which goes back to people who, uh, and for her as a woman of color. Yes. Uh, to do that, how was that experience working with Kim, Kim and casting? Kim I love, because you do have a secondhand show. Like, you can be like, oh, uh, this actor's great, or women might not think he's this, or men might not. Like, it's... Yeah. You have a secondhand language with her about like if if it's going to be the ideal boyfriend or the you know the power the power girl in the office. It's I don't I can't explain it. It's an intangible thing of just um, a shorthand you know that you have you can have with women and. Um, we would have big debates about like if if Will or someone tried to come in and talk about like a casting thing that some of the women felt super strong about, he would just get like overrun. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> like no, yeah, go sit down. Well, not this one. <laughs> like we love you, but <laughs> let us handle it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I mean, I think that that's great to show that the power that you can have, especially when you have a project and it's something that you know this being your sophomore film. Um, this being something that you care about, and you've put the work in as a writer, which means you've attached yourself emotionally mm -hmm. yeah. to these characters for a long time. And so to be able to kind of be able to do that, I, I mean, I kind of really admire that. And I wish, you know, a lot of people would really kind of well, make sure. You do that. So, huh? I mean, you do that. So I don't know about all that. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. But, anyway. Well, maybe. I, exactly. <laughs> but. You know, I mean, can you kind of also kind of talk about, like, what was the most challenging aspect of the film for you? I think balancing, like I said, because I don't have kids, mm -hmm. balancing, like, at first I was like, oh, I think I was, like, a little more riskier with the, 
kid in the adult, uh, the the adult in the child's body idea. And so balancing like what is appropriate, what is appropriate, not just comedically, but also for a young actress like Marseille, you know? And so finding that fine line between um, what's funny and then what's appropriate for her age range. And I wanted it to be family. It's a dance. And so I filmed more on both sides, you know, super safe, a little edgy, and just finding that middle middle ground. Could things have been, like, to my edgier sensibilities funnier? Yes, but to protect, like, Marseille and that family Mm -hmm. sort of middle of the road, that's kind of the dance I was doing. Yeah, and I'm sure you were just in communication too with Marseille about what she felt comfortable with. And how well, do you when you have a kids on that, set, yeah. it's it's child protective service. It's a it's a whole <laughs> it's a whole like area. Yeah. It's like your own real Agent B that's sitting there, and you're like, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, and how do you think, in a sense of you know, it, I always like to believe a crew can be a family. Um, and that you and nobody makes it without all those names that roll on that credit and uh, people who didn't get that credit. So how is your working relationship like with your crew, um, you know, with your department heads? How do you kind of start that relationship? D- did you have the liberty to actually interview and pick who you wanted yeah. for your heads with this particular project? Yeah, well, I, I, yes, I did. And I did a mix. I, I met everybody. Mm-hmm. And I would meet several people in that position, you know, and some because it was only my second film, I would go on recommendations of experienced filmmakers and say, well, who do you like? And should I meet with them or should I not? Like, who do you think? And then from there, I just instantly go to visuals. Like, how do you see this? And um, I try not to download them from me too soon because I just try to see uh, how to it, how to get the best out of them first and like what you can bring and I see them doing that dance too like should I say too much should I not say enough because you know people want you know they're just like I want to get this job but I'm just trying to figure out like I don't want to say too much but you can like never say too much to me I might have you know not like it, but I love to just have that first rush of all your ideas and mm-hmm. seeing what that is. So it's collaborative. And then it starts the shape up of like you getting a sense of my taste and what it would be for the whole picture. And But at first it starts very big and very, you know, creative and visual pretty soon. And so do you, how, how do you handle your pre-visualization and your visual looks and tone I, for your film? I to, always to grab, a, I don't show them first, mm-hmm. but I always am like grabbing pre-vises and just sort of just looking at the mood of things. It could be as, and sometimes the most random things are what like someone will gravitate to and inspire mm-hmm. them. But all along, even during the writing process, I'm just doing that. Even if I'm not the director, I like just having that, those images. So then I see what they say first. Then I say, oh, sometimes you're way, they're way off. And I'm yeah. like, that's not what's going to happen at all. <laughs> but then I start introducing those. Um, so, and then we get in a conversation, mm-hmm. and then the images start lining up. And I mean, and also, I mean, at least for myself, I, I definitely, every project I go into, I am nervous. I, f- 
hide right. it. But at the right. same time, I usually usually think of it's that means I care. Right. Um. But did you have uh your any nerves and you know getting into yeah. this project and where you thought it would end up and did you did that film does this film end up where you thought it would be does yeah. it exceed it or is it just exactly as you envisioned it um i was definitely nervous i was excited when i was first asked and then will has this like great track record you know of just like hit hit <laughs> and i was like oh god i don't want to be the screeching halt of the <laughs> of the winning streak yeah. and so i did get nervous um but you know you just i i just put blinders on you know and um just decided to go in with the things that I knew, I knew. The things I didn't know, I would be very honest about. Mm. I don't know, what, it, what do you think? Some opinions I learned to trust, some you learn you can't trust. But I decided it would be better to just be open about the whole thing, just be open, since some of these people have just made so many films. And it's amazing, you can't really always trust everybody's opinion, but when you find a few great allies, it it kind of a, uh, just alleviated my nerves a little bit. And then when I saw the chemistry that we were developing as department heads with m myself, mm -hmm. it just all began to um, sort of calm my nerves and I felt like I was on the right path. Mm -hmm. um, Will was like, he gave me uh, so much autonomy. Like sometimes I would look around and be like, where's, where's Packer? Where, where is everybody? Where's the producer? Right, <laughs> but in prep. But it was good because I got to be in just like this little bubble with the crew mm -hmm. and make the, the atmosphere, the vibes of, of Little start coming together. And it, it does, it feels like what I intended to make. I think you always look at the movie and then a movie, maybe not everyone does, but you're like, oh, I should have done I went back and forth, and then I settled on that, and I was just like, why? So I still do that. Yeah. And I'll wake up, like, with a nightmare of just, like, why did I, you know? Yeah. Till, I, mean, I feel like that's always going to be the case. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think that's probably part of where we look at how do we hone our craft and get better. Yes. Um, and, you know, I really admire that you have the confidence to ask and say when you don't understand something. Yeah. And I mean, I find a lot of directors sometimes fall into that pitfall. Yeah. And so as a woman of color, what, I mean, you it's know that tricky it's hard. Slope. It's a tricky slope. Because yeah. some people you can't really show that vulnerability to because it, they take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to really pick. Pick them people. Who are the people? <laughs> you have to pick wisely you know mm -hmm. or ask in a way that is still very in control do you know what i mean until you can learn who who is on your team mm -hmm. you know sincerely and so you end up having great allies but it it takes a minute i mean do you ever have someone that or people that you bring on the project that you know is like this is definitely an ally and i feel I'm like honestly name. for for little i met so many i was lucky yeah. and i also asked a lot of questions that's a perfect example of like talking to other producers and filmmakers and being like what was your experience working with them what should i be looking for in this person what, what you know and so um i ended up because i asked so many questions and not just going on like a resume or a uh, just like a secondhand knowledge. I was it was definitely based on conversations with people, you know. 
Yeah, and I mean, it, it's such a hard thing. And I mean, I'm pretty sure you've been in that location van where you are the only sometimes person of color, the only woman. Definitely. And could you kind of explain like kind of how you're feeling is that when you're doing that in your prep and you're having to be that kind of a, you know, almost like a middle school kid again and starting the first day of school. I mean, like, how do you, you know kind of that, that one? My family is in construction and my mom is a contractor. So that was the best sort of prep for this because it will be uh, sites that's all men and my mom's the boss. And so <laughs> that helped me, honestly. It's two totally different lines of work, but... It, you know, I did grow up watching her and how she navigated having a friendly, caring work site, but she was the boss, uh, you know, on a site. And so um, I, I laugh all the time when she comes to my set, she's like, it's so much like building. You know what I mean? It's like the same guys or whatever, you yeah. know? But um, I don't know. In Little, it happened a lot where you were like, I was like location scouting, it would be one other woman, and I was like, there's still so much work to be done. You know what I mean? It's like, it's still so much. So every time, you know, I make a film, I feel like the van ratios will change. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's a very important thing. And, and how many people out here are directors? Nice. Are you, if y'all don't raise your hand, how? Oh, Spike. I see Spike. That's my AD. Hey, Spike. Hey, Spike. Yes. <laughs> he and said he was coming. See, hey, Spike. And speaking <laughs> of ADs, I mean, you know, in the working relationship and Spike, how, how terrible was that? Was I just, was it, was it brutal? Oh, really? Okay. All right. And I mean, how do you, are you, you know, we spend a lot of time with our first ADs, with our second seconds, and really navigating that. And how, what have you over the years really learned of what's the best way to work with those different personalities that you may have with people who are ADs, some that are too slow, some that are yellers? How, how do you combat a these yeller. kind of things? Yeah. I would die. <laughs> Spike is very quiet. He's like the opposite of a yeller, right? No, he was, no, I would die if an AD was a yeller. No, no way. Um, mm -hmm. um, how would you handle that on set? How did I handle? How would which? you handle that? I mean, Sorry, that hard would, question. That, <laughs> that would just not. I yeah, just yeah. couldn't. I couldn't keep that ad, or we would have to have a conversation about that mm -hmm. because, um, you know, the ad sets the tone in in mm -hmm. so many ways that I I cannot because I'm doing you know we just have two separate, separate yeah. jobs yeah, yeah um, but they feel the energy of uh, that ad throughout the whole the whole set so I can't imagine I just couldn't tolerate it it just it's such a reflection of me and then just so bad for the production that it just wouldn't be my style you yeah. know. And and I and that's a great thing that a lot of people sometimes will just take it, yeah. try to go on to the next project, but find themselves wounded. Yes. by that. And I find people, yeah, yeah, that you end up like I end up hiring, and they're like, "Oh my God, listen, you're gonna have to give me a minute. Like I'm stressed from that last job, and it just like <laughs> I'm, you know what I mean? PTSD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so I I noticed that sometime where I'd be like, "Oh my God, what happened to this person? Like they they are like. 
definitely traumatized by treatment on a set. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, no. And so you, when you do find out and you have so many crew members who are like, oh, my God, you're nice. Yeah. You actually speak to me in the yeah. morning. So, I mean... How, I mean, what is, what do you think as a director, how do we change the nature of where they've had the norm of being on set where everyone is not thought of as equal? Yeah. Where, you know, there are times where people are really abused in mm -hmm. all kind of ways. Yeah. Be that psychologically, sexually, or whatever right. it may be. So how are you kind of helping fight that fight to prevent that? I've, I've, I noticed that, and I was surprised by it. And I, I feel like demonstrating kindness and leadership mm. and doing your job really well shows people that it can all go together. Like abusing, verbally abusing people does not make mm. you like some super effective leader that I, I, I don't know. I, I have seen that. I guess this is a thing. You know what I mean? And so um, as I was in production, I noticed that. And that was just my thing was just like, listen, kindness, leadership and collaboration. Mm -hmm. You know, we all were in it together. I don't think you could really tell who was who in terms of hierarchy or anything yeah. like that. You were you know. carrying your own chair right. and then yeah. you get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. right, <laughs> yeah. right, exactly, so. Yeah, and so I mean like, you know, I mean I really have to congratulate you and I know you guys really felt the same as far as with the film, that it's truly something that is for all ages. And it's not something that it's also, it's not something that is completely stuck in either being a female kind of attracting right. film or a person of color kind of film because it's the whole thing of being an outcast. Yes. And how do we find, find our place yes. in, in this world? So, I mean, I really, and I'm sure you guys probably have a million questions for Tina, uh, but, you, you know. Yeah, you do. I got a lot of questions too, <laughs> but but I, you know, I just really want to congratulate you on your film, on the success, and Thank what's you. what do you have next on the horizon? I'm doing uh, another film with Will at Universal. So sisters got a job. Amen. Amen. Um, um, I don't know. I think they're announcing it soon, so that'll be coming up. Um, and back to writing. So you know, uh, we'll see. And so, uh, like, in right now, you know, we're having a little trouble with the WGA and as that, but you're a hyphenate. How are you kind of navigating this kind of tumultuous time within our guild? I'm going to see, you know, it's just like I have to just go through these deals and see how this is going to fall out for me. I mean, I feel like the biggest arguments are between the biggest issues right now are, don't affect me necessarily because I don't have these big packaging yeah. deals, you know. But um, I, you know, I support the guild, and I guess for myself and my own deals, I just have to go through the process and see if how is it going to work. Like it's just new right now, you know. And so I, I just wanted to know if you guys, have you had anything you wanted to really leave the audience with, uh, some kind of knowledge or advice? Tina, knowledge. Oops, sorry, y'all. <laughs> or or joke. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I mean, you, you do, I you do think, comedy, I don't so, I you know. Final, I don't know if I have. Thank you all for coming is yeah. all I wanted to say. And what and advice I would it. you give? I mean, because we have directors out here who are really in the process of their, in their career, going into their career. How many ADs do we have out here? Oh. Beautiful. Oh. Um, and about being able, hey, what's up, 
but <laughs> to be able to do that. So, like, what advice would you give all of us to make sure that they stay empowered as they go on their journey and their career? And I mean, what kept you going? I mean, I... I mean, I don't know. This is only my second film, so I don't know if I have the the empowerment speech. You do. But I just I'm just so impressed with the the stamina, the the gumption and the courage it takes to helm a project. And so I feel like um, I just have an enormous amount of respect for my colleagues and, and encouragement. It's not an easy job. It's and it requires a lot of 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 stamina and um um so i just i'm just i salute you you know i just that's it i keep going yeah and do you find yourself having people who want to shadow you or mentors or reaching back to people who are coming up in our next generation you know in in atlanta i was in atlanta so sorry were, i got one minute and i th keep going there were like there were there were some awesome uh you know pas that are doing like you know, shooting their own things at, and, and just doing great work. And so um, I always, like, would check in with them. They would watch me. We had that open relationship, Beautiful. and the producers had um, – uh, you know, uh, students from Spelman and Morehouse and always coming through. So Atlanta was great for that, for just exposing people that otherwise would not be on sets, you know, coming through. So, yes, for sure. That's, that's always, like, satisfying. They bring a, It's a reward because they bring a great energy, you know, to set. Most definitely. And, I mean, I definitely applaud you for looking at the generation behind us and making sure that they don't have – worse experience than we did or the same experience oh but you're i love putting to make them it on better. the spot and just being like well what do you think about the scene come over like what are we talking about and they will come over and have those experience like blurring the lines of like who's involved and and giving feedback i think it's it's fun on set yeah what you know i mean you are a beautiful soul sorry uh, you are beautiful so glad artist. you came over do this so, thank you for having me you know i mean you're just such She's a warm awesome. spirit i was like tina yes <laughs> Thank I mean, you. just such a warm spirit, and your work reflects in what you do. And I'm sorry, ATL is and Drumline is still some of my favorite movies, and I, I'm gonna Thanks. watch ATL again. And shout out to I Lauren. Mean, we yeah. can just keep going. We no. could keep going, but <laughs> okay. but uh, you know, but if you know, I you have to decide. Can I call whether or not the audience can answer questions afterwards? But I'm pretty sure, you know, um, that. You know, if you guys have any questions for Tina, she's so oh. nice, she'll probably answer them. <laughs> but, um, but congratulations. Can't Thank wait you, to see dear. the numbers come out this week. And Thank you. I cannot wait to see what you have next, girl. As me to you, Miss Tina. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, you can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you're enjoying our show, please take a moment to rate and review us. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow cinephiles find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally. 